So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season three, episode 13 of The Other Way. In this episode, Corey has his concerns about the wedding guest list. Armando thinks he's forgetting how to kiss and dance. Jenny finds out about the hold on the wedding application. Steven and Alina are finally getting to get their wedding application. Victor takes a big step to make up with Ellie. And Benny's K-1 application gets put on the fast track. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dunces, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. Happy Thanksgiving week. Yes, I'm halfway through the work week and it's Monday. This is one of the I know, right? <laughs> stupidest work weeks of the year. Like, at least these are full days. My kids are both, they're going to school, school for like three hours a day for two days. And like, you know, they're just like watching movies and drawing hand turkeys and then getting out of there. <laughs> Yeah, that does seem kind of a waste. Uh, yeah, my students probably won't be super thrilled with me tomorrow when I make them do actual work. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have a test for tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I postpone my test, but they're probably still not feeling super happy. I just happy. go back to when I was in high school. I would rather take the test now than have it like hanging over my head all the way until like all Thanksgiving being like, oh, I should study yeah. for this test. I should study for this test. Yeah. Timing wise, it just didn't work out that way. Uh-huh. Uh, speaking of being tested, though, let's talk about Ari and Binyam. So Ari and Binyam are celebrating Avi's birthday in Kenya. Janice has gone home and before she left, she urged Ari to be open to giving Binyam a second chance. Binyam appreciated having Janice there and feels that she had given them hope in their relationship. Things aren't perfect, but they're trying. They take Avi for a camel ride, which he seems to love, and after they have a birthday lunch, where they summarize Ari's time in America. Binyam apologizes for how he acted. Ari says that forgiveness is a process. She warns him that he can't behave like that again and she wouldn't come back. Ari has decided that Ethiopia is a toxic place and she feels like people laugh at her there, seeing how Binyam treated her. But staying in Kenya also isn't sustainable. Ari tries to convince Binyam that America is the only option at this point. Binyam doesn't want to stay there all the time. He wants to be able to go back and forth, but he agrees to going to America simply because he just doesn't want to have another argument. Later, they have a video call with an immigration lawyer, and she gives them the news that their visa interview is in 19 days. Ari isn't as excited as she would have been if they were in a better place. The lawyer says it's important for Ari to be there at the consulate, even if she's just waiting outside. Ari doesn't like this idea because she doesn't want to face anyone uh, in his family or their friends because she's been made to look so stupid with his behavior when she was away. She tells him that they will have to go to Ethiopia in a week so they can say they have been in the country for 14 days. So Ari is anxious and nervous at this news, and she's really kind of like, Ugh, do I have to? Okay, do you think Ari is really embarrassed to go back to Ethiopia, or do you think there's something else going on that she just doesn't want to go back? Um, so I actually wrote this down because I don't know the timing of this mm-hmm. uh, in terms of when they were sort of happening, but Ethiopia is in the middle of a civil war. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, I don't know if that was already, if those, if it was kind of already starting, if there started to be hostilities and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, and I just noticed it and I was like waking up, like listening to my news when I woke up and they were talking about, you know, the rebel armies are moving on, on toward Addis Ababa. And I was like, oh my God. Like, right. Like, and so, I don't know. I would I would imagine she'd be scared of that, but I also would think she would be upfront about that if she if that's what it was yeah. that was scaring her. Because other than that, I didn't get the the just if I go back there at all, even into the country, it's going to be just like you know PTSD. Like I'm going to get triggered by everything that I see, and it's, I'm going to completely break down. Everything's going to fall apart. It seemed to kind of be the way she was describing it. And I just don't get that. Like, because they don't even have to, they literally, they, they could they, couldn't they arrange something where they're not staying in that same house? They could be right. on the other side of town. 
Yeah. I mean, she's super extra about everything. So I believe if she said that she's going to be like throwing a tantrum, I believe she's going to be throwing a tantrum. Right. It just doesn't make any sense why you'd be throwing the tantrum. Like, yeah, I, I just can't imagine being so scarred by something that happened in a relationship that you literally cannot enter the country where it happened. And it didn't even happen when you were there. Right. Right. Um. So this is what I'm confused about just in general. So it seemed like we cleared up the thing where Binyam did not cheat on her. Right. So we've cleared that up. And it seems that what this I'm confused about. We're talking it out right now. Uh-huh. It seems that she feels embarrassment because everybody else thinks that he cheated on her and she just doesn't want to show her face but it's like but if he didn't cheat on her i don't understand what there is to be embarrassed about why don't you just set the friends and family straight right well i mean that's a good question because it seems to me maybe she's like they're not going to believe me they're going to think i'm a sucker who believed his Mm. obvious lies and i guess at the end of the day i'm just like you're literally trying to move away from this country who gives a shit yeah. Like, who cares? Like, you're going to move right. a half a world away from these people in, like, two weeks. Like, who yeah, cares if they think you're term. dumb? Yeah, who cares if they think you're dumb? <laughs> like, your mom doesn't think you're dumb. You're not you're going back there. So, it's like, you don't have to deal with these people anymore. Like, then right. just suck it up for two weeks. You don't even have to go to – all you have to do is literally the only thing required of you that, to go outside is to sit outside sit outside of the consulate so he can, so he can honestly say – my fiance is here to support me. She's right outside. Like, that's all it is. And we heard that from the very, very chipper immigration lawyer. <laughs> yeah, she's one of the better ones that we've seen, right? She seemed pretty knowledgeable. She seemed photogenic. <laughs> but she seemed like like it was funny because, you know, she was very – yeah, she was knowledgeable. She was photogenic. She was really energetic and it was like – she yeah. was more energetic than we've seen even like people doing like psychic readings and stuff. Like she was like, <laughs> oh, this is what – this is just amazing. Isn't this so exciting, guys? We're going to do this and your interview is in 19 days. And I was like, well, <laughs> wow, I'm excited for this interview now. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's get interviewed. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go for the interview now. Woo. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just – It seems like she's so selfish sometimes, you know, like unwilling to do this thing that is essentially for her her benefit in the end. Anyway, she's the one who wants to move to America. She should be worried about Binyam throwing this interview. Yes. It's not even that she's like not it's not good enough that she gets everything she wants, which is what she wants. She wants him and she wants to move to America. Everything is going her way. There's just, hey, there's one step you're going to not like. In the process of getting everything you want, and she's like, "Yeah, no, I don't I like that. Do no, I'm not no. gonna do it." Like, I want this thing. Can't you do it for me? Yeah, can't somebody else do that thing? I'd I'd rather not have to sacrifice anything. I'd rather just I go know. exactly as I had it planned. Which I don't even know. Was it just because she always assumed she would just send him back to Ethiopia and she wouldn't have to go? She would stay in Kenya. I guess. Or was it because it was too soon and she hadn't she needs more than 3 weeks to get herself mentally prepared to go here? I don't know. I it, it just three is so weeks. foreign to me. Come on. Yeah. Cuz you do what you got to do to to get to get what you want. I don't understand the, I don't understand the mindset. I don't either. But I feel like she also comes off as someone who was really spoiled and hasn't had to work or make sacrifices to get what she wanted. Like, you know, it is interesting to me because I think people gave her a lot more credit, especially at the beginning, because it's like, well, you know, especially you see this all the time. The Americans saying, like, why would you move to Ethiopia? Like, what a sacrifice. How hard your life is having to move to Ethiopia. It's like she wanted to. Yeah, now she doesn't want to, and look what's happening. She liked the idea of, and well, I think that I think honestly, if you want to be harsh about it, it seems like she's the kind of person that likes the idea that she would go live exotic yeah. lives and do that. And then once she did it, she's like, "Well, now I can go back because I've already proven that I'm that person." So let me yeah, go back to my she definitely comfort. wants to give off this vibe like she's this free spirit and that she could eat, pray, love like around the world, you know, and that's how she ended up in this like hippy dippy like experience, like meeting someone off the street and having a baby with him. But it's like right. everything we saw of them the first season, it was like she is uptight. Like she this is, is not a free so spirit uptight. at all. No, 
<laughs> she is not easygoing. She does not go with the flow. Like, she's none of these things. It's interesting to me that, you know, she's definitely trying to portray that kind of uh, persona. It's almost like she's trying to be one of those, like, what, wonderlust blogger types. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, is it a blogger? Do we have the bloggers anymore? I feel like they're all Instagram v- okay, uh, influencers yeah, yeah. now, right? They're going right. to take all the pictures in front of the sunset and, oh, we just happened to come by here and it, we thought it was so beautiful. And yes. yeah. Life happens like when you're, you know, just busy making wandering. other plans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, people making other plans. And let's start with Stephen and Alina. So at the beginning of Stephen and Alina, we see a bunch of Turkish fishermen. And honestly, I wanted to see more of the Turkish fishermen because they seemed <laughs> way more interesting than anything we see here. Yeah, uh, They're like right? walking across rocks and there's like a, uh, a tightrope he's got to walk across. It was pretty awesome. But anyway, we switched to Stephen and Alina trying to get all of their paperwork together to give the marriage office so that hopefully they can pick a date. Which has to be in the next three weeks because that's all the time they have left in their visa. So at this point, it seems likely that they're even if everything goes to plan, they're probably going to have visa issues where they're going to have to spend some time apart in their respective countries. Um, and you know that makes specifically makes Alina nervous that Stephen's going to be back in America, you know, talking with all these other girls and all these girlfriends he has. So on the ride to the office or whatever, they talk about how nervous they are. And of course, Stephen brought a snack and is eating a pear um, because apparently he can't get in the car without snacks. So at the office, they meet with an official and thank God an interpreter. And we get to see – I don't know why they showed it to us, but we get to see the exciting bureaucratic process of this guy filling out forms on a desk (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> for an extended period of time. And it's like, ooh, here's the exciting d- reality show. Let's watch people at the DMV. Woo. <laughs> anyway, all the while, Steven keeps complaining about how he's getting hotter and he wants to take off his shirt. And Alina's like, oh don't stop. Gosh. Just stop doing that. Don't. That, yeah. So anyway, all the documents ended up being in order. So then they can get to the registration procedure, which first is by picking a date. Prefer- and they say preferably the soonest one possible, which it turns out is Wednesday at 5 o'clock, which is just two days from now. Stephen is internally freaking out that things aren't lining up, you know, including Alina being baptized. But I guess the universe is telling him this is the time. So anyway, then we get some last minute wedding shopping. Alina has called a Russian speaking wedding planner because they are going to plan this wedding apparently. And they want to get all the things she needs. The planner has never dealt with this before, this a 24-hour deadline, and Alina has some demands for her. She wants a beautiful location, an arch of flowers, and she says a traditional dress. She tries on one very busy dress that she doesn't like, then she tries on what's called, what they say is a traditional Turkish dress. They actually say it's not the dress a Turkish woman wears to the wedding, but like what she wears like the night before the wedding. So it's not white and not, not what she pictured, but she loves it and chooses it at the end. So later that same day, she calls her mother because she still doesn't know that they're getting married at all. At first, mom smiles and then expresses her concern that everything's rushed and not well thought out. And also that, um, you know, mom isn't going to be able to be there. She won't be able to be there. So Lena hopes they can set up some kind of video, but her mom is still pretty bummed. Then they, she starts in about, you know, Let's think about the Steven character because he's not ready for this. He's cheating on – he was cheating on you and he's a total hypocrite. Alina says he's starting to change but mom doesn't think he will. So, Alina is torn because she's not 100% you know, ready to get married but she still wants to but she's also not used to kind of going against her mom's wishes. I mean, so – God, two days, right? Is there any reason – that they have to do all of this? I don't understand. Well, I mean, Stephen left it till last minute. So well, yes. there's that. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, you know, younger people. Um, yeah, they kind of have yeah. more of an idea of what a wedding should be. Or at least they feel like they have a more of an idea of what a wedding should be. I feel like the older you get, the less important those things become. And you're kind of like, yeah, courthouse wedding, whatever. Right. Like in, out, like, I don't know. We can be wearing jeans, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's fine to try make it as best as you can. 
as long as they're not just stressing themselves out, you know, it doesn't seem like they are. I think some of this is enjoyable for them. So sure, why not? It's your wedding day, live it up. But I also feel like there shouldn't be such pressure and expectation for this one because I yeah, we see it all the time on this show. It's like, just do the courthouse wedding and then just put a bigger affair together when you're in Russia. Exactly. And then mom can be there right. for it. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. just, uh, I did yeah. like her dress. It very much reminded me of like a Renaissance fair. Oh, it did. It did look like a Ren fair dress. Like it did. Mm-hmm. I I believe it looked like um, the Renaissance dress from Animal Crossing. If uh, <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> is immediately what I thought of because we played so much of it over the pandemic. Um, oh, I know. It's so weird. Like I think back on that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we were playing like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hey, yeah, that, that game, that guy game got me through the pandemic. I don't know that I would have made I, it without it. really it. did. In fact, to the point where now when I hear the music, it like brings me back to that time, you know? I'm like, oh my gosh, it was pandemic time. Right. All right. So now that we're on the topic of grown people doing uh, kid things, how about Steven? <laughs> like, what? I mean, they, they have to emphasize it. I know they have to emphasize it, but there's, and they are really playing it up. But he is such mm-hmm. a child. He like, really is. The fact that the snack thing in the car specifically to yeah. me is like, what are you for? I brought right. snacks for my four-year-old. Why do you always need snacks? I don't know. And he makes such a big deal out of it. But I think it kind of goes back to the like, his shtick is he's like the goofy guy. And so it's like, what can I do to make me seem real goofy? Let me jump in some pools and eat snacks at awkward times. And then, well, he does that and then does the thing. I'm hot. Are you hot? Let's take off my coat. I'm going to take off my coat. Can I take off my coat? Oh, yeah, aren't you hot? He's just a I weird take, guy. Like, oh, it's just, it's, it's just. Such juvenile behavior all the time. It is. And what I don't understand – well, okay, I guess I do understand it because I am much older than both of them and Alina is like still a baby herself. It's like this is the kind of man that you are constantly going to have to mother. Oh, yes. Just to get him to behave like like a normal human being. Now, you don't have to mother him and then he's going to act like a weirdo for the rest of your life and you're going to be sitting there rolling your eyes like she is currently doing. Yes. But it's like, why would you want that? Yes, it, it is. It's going to – and that's what – I actually said that. I was like, this can go on well and it will be kind of good and fun and, you know, interesting until you have a kid and you're like, I already have this one that I have to take care of and I'm still yeah. taking care of your dumbass, you know, because it's the kind <laughs> of kid – do you do you have snacks in the car? Do you, are your shoes on? Where did you put your shoes, Stephen? Did you go pee? Like it's the kind of stuff you have to ask this guy. Like you literally, yeah. he literally is going to be another child. And for he's you. gonna eat the kids' snacks. Yes. And be like, where did that granola bar go? Oh, I ate it. That wasn't for me. No, it was for the kids. Jeez, Stephen. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely you're gonna have to remind him. And did you wear a coat? Where's where'd you put it? Like that oh that same gosh. kind of stuff you do for kids. You have to do for him, and you have to think about it. And I definitely think for women that are that age, as young as she is, that's kind Mm of appealing. The fact that like someone needs you, it can be. Not to everybody. Certainly not to everybody. I was going to say, I don't know if I ever felt that way. As Miss H is making a face no one else can see. (laughs) I was going to say, at the same time, I I wouldn't really say nurturing is something that I would describe myself as. But it's also once once you get to the point where you're like, wow, we have two or three kids and this is really hard. And what I need is another adult who can take some of the slack, not another kid that I have to take care of. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I know they both want to have kids. So, yeah, that'll be. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, he wants to have a bunch of kids. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So, speaking of people who want kids, let's talk talk Ellie and Victor. Uh, So, if you recall, the last time we saw them, they got in a fight about money and production is asking if they want to talk it out. Victor says that she just really needs to tally up all the money she sent him and he will pay her back and they'll just be done with it. He says that she didn't send him all that much because if she did, he'd have a bike or a car. Instead, he feels that he invested that money in the house that they are living in. Victor argues that Ellie is concerned about the tourists because she thinks the tourists bring him money, but Victor is proud and says that he was making money before tourists. He's offering her a house in paradise, and if all she can do is talk about money, then she should leave him to live his life there. Ellie thinks that if he had these thoughts, he could have had a productive conversation with her about it instead of attacking her. 
Victor says he barely survived a hurricane and all she can think about is money. He's hurt that she thinks he's using her. Ellie just wants to magically not be there anymore and she's feeling foolish for being in this situation in the first place. Victor has a feeling like it's over and Ellie is questioning if she really loves this man. The next morning, Victor is ready to talk and try to resolve things. Ellie is willing to work on it as long as he is willing to admit that he just didn't treat her very well last night. They sit in silence as Ellie is kind of expecting to hear an apology. Victor says that he may have overreacted last night. Ellie admits that both of their behaviors weren't great. She asks if he resents her. He says it hurts him when she thinks he's just using her for money. Ellie concludes that this is all, you know, just misunderstanding and miscommunication. Ellie accepts him seemingly, his seemingly sincere apology. He promises he will never overreact again. I don't know if he can make a promise like yeah. that. All right. um, after the talk, Victor wants to do something crazy. So he finds a conch shell that he says is a symbol of love. He said he bought a ring, but in the hurricane it was lost. So he uses the shell to propose to Ellie. Ellie says yes, and they kiss. They both admit that no one would have accepted a proposal last night, but they see this proposal as a new beginning. All right, so what do you really think it's reasonable for Victor to, you know, promise that he will never overreact again and for him to actually follow uh, through on that? I mean, it's definitely something that you aim to do as a person, but it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of, it's very hard to make a promise that you'll never overreact again because it's not like when you did overreact, it's not like you were like, I have made the positive decision right now. I am overreacting. Here we go. Here comes my overreaction. It just is your reaction, right? And so it's like hard to promise like he didn't think he was overreacting when he was overreacting, Mm -hmm. right? And next time he overreacts to something, he's not going to think, well, here I go again. I've chosen overreaction as my response to this stimulus and that's what we're going to do. It just is. It just comes out as it is and it takes a lot more work than to just say, I promise I won't do that again. And yeah. I think it was definitely complicated by the fact that when I oh, they showed us those that conversation again and they both seem really drunk. And yes. that's a hard thing to promise not to do something when you're drunk. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he did the promising when he was sober the day after or are you talking about when they no, were fighting? No, I mean, fighting? to promise that when you get drunk, something won't happen. Oh, sure, sure. Right, because you know, when you're drunk, you're drunk. You're not really as in control of your facilities there. Okay. What did you think about the timing of this proposal? Because literally the night before you get Victor saying it's over, Ellie questioning if she loves him. And then the next day there's a proposal. Everybody's happy. Yeah. That seems like an overcorrection. (laughs) 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 Um, It it just seemed like he felt like he did bad enough that he needed something that was big and something that sent a message and, and and was an action not just words and that's all he had that was all he had in the in the chamber well you know the thing is is that if he truly was like telling the truth and he had already thought about this before and he already had a ring then I have less of a problem with the timing, right? Sure. Um, But it's kind of like, how verifiable is this? Not to say that I think he's lying, but, you know, it's like, it's it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I had like this little piece of jewelry and just got lost in the hurricane. Yes. You know? So I feel like that's an easy excuse, you know, for why you didn't spend money on something, you know, and... Like I said, I don't want to accuse him of lying or anything like that. But I'm I'm also saying it's a very easy thing to say that's, you know, not verifiable. So I would – the only thing I would say is that he did say it like to the producer when they were having their fight. He mm. did say, I was really thinking about proposing to her like like it was a tomorrow but like very soon. And I don't know if he yeah. had the ring or anything but the idea that it was something mm. that he was thinking about did have like contemporary verification, like even when he was upset, right? Even when he was upset, not like just when he was trying to look for um, familiar like things. I just thought it was so like, I don't know, something that got me because I'm a guy, I guess. They were like sitting there like the next morning and he's like filling up this poor radiator. Like (laughs) 
And then it immediately is just leaking all over the ground. I'm like, oh, no. And it's just one of those tough things. It's just you're going to have to just keep feeding water into it because what are you going to get it fixed? There's no yeah. mechanics who are working on this island right now. Like you got to just suck it up and do it. It's like I just feel like and the thing, little things like that that make this whole operation just so much more difficult than you than you anticipate or you realize. Right, right. I'm worried about them as a couple because it also seems to me like as you pointed out earlier that you know this argument you think was somehow fueled or made worse by the fact that they had been drinking. Like, this is now, like, their chosen profession. Right. I was like, well, they're going to run a bar. Like, yes. <laughs> so not this is not going to be the first time that they are drunk together. So are, is this going to be, like, that toxic cycle of get drunk, fight, make up, get drunk, fight, make up, which could potentially be every day right. since this is their bar. Right. I don't, I don't know. Because I thought it was funny too because like that was the other thing. Like not thinking about what your new chosen profession is, is he was like, why is she always worried about the tourists? I, I made money before the tourists came and it's like, yeah, but you didn't own a tourist bar. Like now your point is to own a tourist bar. You kind of need the tourists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm worried about them. I don't think they're the most awful couple. No. But there are definitely some glaring issues that I feel like they kind of just glaze over. Like, you know, it just seems like, oh, we'll just tell each other that we love each other and everything is fine and that we promise we won't do these things. And we've all seen this with other couples. It's almost like empty that you say that. Uh And it just makes you both feel good enough to move forward. Yeah. Um, And not even forward, like progressing the relationship, but like just continuing the relationship. To move on. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's like but the same issues are going to keep coming up and you're going to keep on, you know, making uh, like the situation isn't that bad by saying all the things that you've been saying. But I don't know. It just I see this couple as being one of those ones that have the same fight over and over again. Yeah, because I mean, I also, you know, when you add in the alcohol to it, it's like not only does it, you know, make them act a certain way, but it also kind of. You don't remember it quite as it happened. And I'll be curious if I like watch mm. the video of this to look at it and be like, oh, my God, we were really mean to each other. Like they were yeah. really, really mean. And they didn't say anything as like dramatically nasty as you'd think. But it was like they both were like had such like barely concealed like resentment for the other one was taking advantage of them. And it was like, yeah, yeah it's, that's not a good sign for them as a couple. Like, right. and you're right. They're not the, they're not by far not the worst couple, even in this like episode by like, oh, they're probably middle of the pack, but you yeah. know, it, it, it just doesn't, I could see them keeping on for a long time, but both kind of being low key miserable the whole time. Yeah. I kind of wonder how much he would want to stick around when the reality of like the children thing. You know, it's like you can say all the things like Ellie's like, all right, yeah, let's do this. And like secretly, she's skeptical that this Uh will even happen, you know. And so it's like once something like that, you know, is like, okay, the reality of children, like once that comes in, it's like, are you going to stick around? I don't know. So, I mean, like I said, I don't think they're the worst couple, but I worry about them. Sure. All right. Well, let's switch gears and go to the couple we're not worried about and that's Kenny and Armando. (laughs) Sure. So everyone is packing up to go to the wedding venue because the wedding's tomorrow. So and just like every wedding ever, everybody's stressed about remembering everything. They're excited but you know also worried that they're going to like leave their tucks in the in the at home or something like that. So on the way out in the car, Kenny tells Armando about the conversation he had with his kids. He doesn't want to upset Armando, but also isn't looking isn't about keeping secrets. He mo- mostly focuses on the way Taylor like was crying a lot about it. And Armando was a little afraid that this was really just a signal for a deeper resentment that they have towards him for taking their dad away. Armando wants to know where Kenny's head is at regarding, you know, expanding their family in you know, in light of this conversation, but Kenny is just like, listen, wedding first, we'll deal with that later. So then they talk about 
how Armando Sr. might react to Kenny and Armando's expressions of love at the wedding. Like, you know, how will he react to them kissing, dancing, or everything like that? And specifically because Armando had gotten that text um, from his aunt saying that that was one of the things keeping him from coming to the wedding. So, we get to see more interesting occupations. Like, we saw the Turkish fishermen before. Now we see all these vineyard workers as a cutscene. Also seems pretty interesting. But anyway... Then Armando and Kenny wake up in a pretty nice room for their last night as fiancés. Armando is still freaking out about this whole thing where he has to kiss in front of his dad. And Kenny started to get frustrated that Armando keeps using the word disgusting when he talks about their first kiss. Mm. Kenny says that, you know, whatever, Armando Sr. needs to get over it because we're going to give him an eyeful. Which Armando was like, wait, 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 what, we're doing what now? And he's like, no, not making out, but like whatever comes natural. And then, you know, Armando is also concerned about the dance and Kenny says the same thing, like whatever comes natural. And then we see Armando really thinking hard about like, I don't know, what, what do I do with my hands? I don't know where to put my hands. If I put them to low, then I'm the bride. And if I put them high, it's like things. <laughs> so, um, Kenny jokes that, well, the best place to put your hand is right on my ass. So... <laughs> Kenny reassures him by saying that, you know, this this situation really is mostly about him. It's his actual coming out party, like legitimately, and it's a beautiful thing and it'll be awesome. So this is let me ask you about this. Where do you put your hands when you're slow dancing with somebody? Uh, I think for like your traditional guy girl, it's a little bit easier because it's almost like hug position. Right. So girls are arms up. Right. Which is funny because he said he feels bad because Kenny is tall and his arms are down and Kenny's arms are up. And I was like, no, it's usually the girl's arms up. That's – Yeah. It's funny yeah, because like – so I, so I watched this with my girlfriend and I li- we literally had to get up and be like, no, no, no. I have to, how do I do this? Like I, don't, I, I also was having a <laughs> what do I do with my hands? Like, all right, quick. Don't think about it. Just okay. come in. Like, just go. Right. <laughs> just go. And like so – so anyway, we both defaulted to like left hand – holding left hands, like not even – and – my hand is low and her hand is high. Like so, I can see that. My hand on like the small of her back because that's how you lead. You put your hand on the small of someone's back. That's how you lead the dance. And then yeah, her hand, I can like, also on my see shoulder. that if I was uh, you know dancing with someone that was so much taller than me that it would be awkward if I was like had my hands on their shoulders. Yeah, and you had to go like full arms up. Hands yeah. on arms. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably up. just have hands on their arms or something. Sure, you know? you'd like like wrap like around the biceps or something. Sure, around yeah. the tri- arms, upper arms. Right. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. But yeah, I definitely feel like the way you're talking about it, the, you know, you know, girls' hands on both shoulders, guys' hands on the waist is definitely yeah. a, if all you're going to do is sway back and forth, fantastic position. <laughs> But right. it doesn't work great if you're trying to, like, actually do any steps. No. Um, their wedding venue is so gorgeous. It's oh, so yeah. It's pretty. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, 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 and it's one of those – It's I like that – I didn't think I realized it, it when they first went there to visit it, that it's that all-inclusive stuff. Everybody stayed there the night before, which means everybody gets to yeah. stay there on the wedding night, which are the best weddings when everybody stays at the place right. where the reception is. That's the best wedding. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite wedding that I ever went to, um, my friend, uh, his fiance's parents basically rented out this. It was a bizarre place, by the way. It was in Eugene, Oregon, and it was this weird hostel it had all these weird murals. I felt like I was in some weird like daycare for like little kids, mm-hmm. but everyone in the wedding was like staying in this weird hostel and um you know it was really cool like i think just yes having everyone in the wedding in one location super fun yes yes i mean i like the weddings that i like the weddings that end with the hotel staff being like the other guests want to know when you're going to bed (laughs) 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 you guys are still up and being very loud like all right Fine. Yeah. Would we expect anything less from this couple, though? No, no, no. They're going to have the – they're going to have a beautiful location, very tasteful. And that's what is so weird about it. Like, they're they're, they're both such, you know, put-together, tasteful people that, like – What Does he think they're going to, like – does he think there's going to be, like, tongues down throats when they're doing the wedding kiss? Uh No. Come on. 
Yeah, I don't know what he's expecting exactly, but maybe honestly, quite honestly, maybe his dad just simply doesn't know. It looks like he has not taken any chances to get to know Kenny. Yeah. And it also looks like he keeps Armando at a distance. Yeah. You know, like Yeah. Well, and, and there is that stupid if you're if if you're kind of biased against gay people, there's that, you mm-hmm. know, fear and and you know stereotype that they're like overtly and overly sexual people right like more so than regular <laughs> okay. people like oh but they're you know because people always say, oh you're out there in thongs dancing in the street and wearing pride no it's all like perverted all stuff right. like i i definitely have heard that from people who are like homophobic and i'm like no they're just people <laughs> like they <laughs> kiss their husband and on the mouth like, in public normal wise and that's it it's right, right. and so There's i mean a, like, i hope he's like sex shows or something yeah like and that's why i feel like he's gonna be afraid of like somebody's gonna be up there in like a you know gimp outfit like doing stuff he's like no nobody's God. doing that like Very have you met your son what are you talking about right right but i think like going back to what i was saying i think he just doesn't know he just doesn't know them and so he can't even speculate what to expect because he just doesn't know them yeah i mean i also am like i don't know i i also i it, hope this will change his mind though because yes i hope you, i hope i hope it happens and he was like oh that was like Somebody kissing somebody they loved and it was like normal and beautiful and not like perverted and gross. Right. 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 All right. Speaking of other weddings, maybe not going as well as Kenny and Armando's, we've got Corey and Evelyn. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Corey's feeling bummed because no one from his side of the family is going to be at the wedding. He calls his brother on video chat to ask him if he's planning on making it. And his brother just says, no, with regrets. His excuse is COVID, and he does want to be there to support Corey. Corey's mom says that she just doesn't want to travel by herself, especially because we found out that since the last time we saw them, Corey's dad has actually passed. Corey then tries to guilt his brother, saying that if he wants it, he would just make it happen, and Corey would have done the same for him. Corey says that he just doesn't feel supported and no one has come to even visit him since he's been in Ecuador. His brother admits that since Corey has moved away, they've just grown apart. And the family doesn't really like Evelyn because when Evelyn was living up in Washington with them, she just really didn't try. Mostly because she was unhappy about being in America. His brother doesn't support Evelyn's demands on Corey having to move down there. Corey is surprised that this is the first he's learning about all of this, and he still thinks that they should be there for him. His brother tells him to enjoy his wedding and wishes him well, but he's still refusing to go. Corey then meets up with Raul, even though they had a falling out a few months ago. It ends up that Raul felt like he was there when Corey needed a place to stay, but then, according to him, he mysteriously never heard from Corey and Evelyn after. Corey then tells him that Raul's social media post of Corey and Raul and two of Raul's girlfriends caused problems with Evelyn and Corey, even though the friends were both not single. Corey had even told Raul not to post on social media, and Raul assures him that even though he posted it, he didn't mean any harm. Raul admits to being an ass to him in the past, and he just wants to make it up to him. Corey then has to tell him that the reason that that the social media post is the reason he's not invited to the wedding and he just kind of apologizes. Raul says that he's been so supportive of both him and uh, Evelyn and he's just confused. Corey wants him to be there but because Raul is literally his only friend, but Evelyn won't let him. Raul points out that Evelyn is planning this wedding for her, not for them. Raul asks him to reconsider his invite, but Corey doesn't want to rock the boat because he's scared she'll call off the wedding. But Raul doesn't care because he plans on showing up, invite or not. All right. So what are your thoughts on Corey literally having no one on his side at this wedding? (sighs) Oh, man. So I had you know, issues with, not at my wedding. I had plenty of people on my side at the wedding, at my wedding. I was going to say your family was there at yes, least. Yes, my family was there at least, right? And But I, I get his kind of issue because I didn't have any, like, anybody that I wanted to be, like, a groomsman or anything like that because I just don't have that kind of group of guy friends, right? And so, I kind of feel like that idea of, like, 
well, I feel kind of lame. Like up here being like, I don't have anybody to ask, but I don't know what he could have done to solve that problem. Um, and, but it does make me think, cause we always kind of have been, you know, asking who wants this wedding, right? I know. Which one of Clearly these two no wants one. this? And yeah, we usually am like no one, but I mean, obviously this week it seems like Evelyn is the one who wants it. Um, and not him. Well, okay, so we've said a couple things in the past. Like, Corey seems to want the wedding because he wants some kind of, like, demonstrative profession of love coming from Evelyn in a very public setting. Yes. Right? Because he definitely gets the feeling that Evelyn is not in this, that she's trying to hide things because they literally have been hiding their marriage up until this point. So I think Corey just feels insecure about if she really does love him and she's not embarrassed of him. So I think that's the part of Corey that wants to have this wedding. Mm -hmm. The part of Evelyn that wants to have this wedding is the one that really wants to punish Corey. Uh She wants to punish Corey by making him pay for this over-the-top thing, even though Corey doesn't necessarily have the financial means to be you know, going on her every whim. And she's just doing it because also I think it's some kind of weird test. Like it's a test of her like, how far can I push this man? How much will he do for me? Also, I'm getting revenge because he's done some stuff that, you know, I'm going to make him prove to me. I'm going to get what I want out of this. And not even what, yeah, not even what she wants because he said she's planning the wedding she wants. But like, yeah, will he have a wedding if I make my sister the officiant? Will he have a wedding if literally nobody sits on his side of the aisle? Will he do the wedding Mm -hmm. for X, Y, Z? Will he get me this? Will he get me this? How far will he go? Um, Right. But because it... (sighs) Because otherwise, it wouldn't make sense for her to uninvite Raul. It would make sense for Corey to uninvite Raul because he's a shitty friend. But it doesn't make any sense for her to make that choice. Well, it kind of also sounds like – because before, okay, if you just started watching this season, before, Evelyn and Raul had hooked up. And then Evelyn and Raul were still friends. And they were just friends And then Corey got to be friends with Raul because, you know, they had a friendship. And so Evelyn and Raul were still friends. So for her to not want him to be there, I feel like it's because she's just like, well, Corey can't have any friends. So we're done here. Yes, that's what what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Because it makes more sense. I don't know why Corey's still friends with this guy. I don't either because he's actively tried to get with Evelyn when they like he keeps on saying, oh, he's been so supportive or even Raul. I've been so supportive of their relationship. Have you? At the tell all, you told us that you were actively trying to get with Evelyn. Yes. And then and then, okay, what he did, what we heard about in this episode. Right. So we know that the Corey, while they were broken up, went and hooked up with another person or as Evelyn say, that whore. Right. Yes. The Jenny. Jenny. Right. And so what made her mad was that as soon as they he that as soon as he thought they were broken up, he was with other women. Right. Yes. So they split up. She kicks him out and says we're broken up. And Raul's first move is to be like, I need to get pictures of him with other women on social media. <laughs> like he's I clearly know, right? driving a bigger wedge in between them. Like. Yeah. I can. I, I would understand why if, if I was Evelyn. Yes, I would be super upset. I'm upset. That as soon as we broke up, you moved on like super fast and I broke up with you again. And the next thing I look at are pictures with you hanging out with these women on social media, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't care. She doesn't know they're not available. It's not part of the social media thing. So I just feel like from Raul and they had a falling out over it. That was a setup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Right? He was trying to get Corey in trouble and he Corey's such a ridiculous pushover that not only yeah, is he staying he with Evelyn through all this punishment, he's trying to be friends with this dude who clearly is fucking with him. Yeah. He was like, I didn't mean any harm. Okay. Yeah. Like, really? Corey told you explicitly not to post that. Yes. And then he's like, I don't know why they stopped talking to me. It's like, really? Come on now. Yeah, I thought we were good friends and they just could have ghosted me. I don't know. It's like, dude, man, come on. You're clearly trying to break them up. 
And like at this point, what's what, what's his end game? Do you think if he breaks if he breaks them up, Evelyn's gonna be like, okay, Raul, like let's do it again? Nah. Like no, I think they just there's nothing to do in Ingabal, and uh, Raul, this is his entertainment. He's <laughs> watched a little too many telenovelas, and this is thinks he's gonna know, be able to swoop do. in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, I guess we'll get more of their wedding next week, but more weddings. There's, I feel like bef- the other way usually doesn't have this many weddings like hitting us at the end of the season. Like we were coming in yeah. wedding season heavy. Yeah, definitely. Like the last one is – Well, maybe. Well, yeah. we'll see. Well, Jenny, we'll and see this- this, Jenny and Submit, they seem to be heading for a wedding, but – So they wake up for morning tea and the plan of the day is that Submit – has well they I thought it was gonna be they somebody's going to Submit's parents' house to see Amit's new baby. But turns out it's just gonna be Submit because Jenny is still not invited to family gatherings. Which Jenny is like, that's gonna have to change once we're married. You know, after all, we turned in that application and we're gonna be married within 30 days. Submit Submit is like, well, actually about that. He comes clean about how he told the lawyer to put a hold on the application. It takes a long time for him to actually spit it out, but finally he does. Jenny is confused and upset. She's hurt that he didn't tell her and angry that he did it. He tries to explain that what he's afraid of is that once they're married, she'll completely change, which confuses her because they're already living together as a married couple. They just don't have a piece of paper that says they're married. So why would she... And then actually, if anything, she'll get better when she gets married because she'll stop bugging him about getting married. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, she tells him that she did so much for him. She went to hell and back and now she's afraid – he's afraid to do the the thing he's been saying he wants to do for years. He kind of mumbles and says some stuff about how she uses I'll go back to America as a weapon and it makes mm. him feel some kind of way. So they cut back to her literally saying then, I guess I'll have to go back to America now. <laughs> Because his hesitation here is telling her that he doesn't really want to get married. Now he feels he's being forced to call the lawyer and he doesn't like feeling forced. He wants to – he doesn't want to get forced into things. He'll get married when there's no pressure. Her trying to push it is just making it making it going to take longer. So she flips over the chair and storms off and comes back. And he comes back into the house following her, telling her how, you know, he'll, he'll, he will. He, I will agree to the marriage. I will agree to the marriage. I just can't tell you when. So she wants him to get out because she has some decisions to make now based on the news. So in order to make those decisions, I guess, Jenny goes down to the uh, – to get calm and to the Hare Krishna temple where, you know, while Samit is at this family function. So while she's there, the devotee that we saw earlier this year, uh, Shaktamata, she sits down for a chat. They talked, like I said, earlier in the episode, so she kind of knows the background of what's going on. Jenny fills her in of what's happened since then, specifically the part where Submit has put a hold on the application. Now, uh, Shaktamata says that, you know, she gets Submit's number right away, saying that Submit's, you know, says he's going to handling, you know, they can handle stuff. And by handling stuff, he always means not doing anything. And recognizes that his delaying this is speaking volumes. Where's the love? Where's the commitment? And what kind of relationship is that? Her advice is for Jenny to actually follow up and go back to the U.S. So Summit can, you know, figure out if how important she is to him. So she doesn't want to do that because she says she's still in love with the guy. And when push comes to shove, she kind of admits to herself that she's not going to be able to leave. So Shaktamata says, well, that right there is why he's not making a decision (laughs) because he knows you're never going to leave. So at the end of the day, um, she leaves the temple and, you know, the day she – I'm sorry. She finds – she thinks that the day she leaves is the day he'll finally make up his mind. So she knows that this theory makes sense but she's not sure she can pull it off. Um, So what do you think? Can she pull it off? Is this going to be something she can actually follow through on or is it just empty threats? It's empty threats and she at least recognizes that that's what it is. But I don't think she realizes that every time that she said that she's going to leave and she doesn't leave, that this is further making him more, not hesitant, because that's not why he's hesitant, right? But it's making him more like empowered to not make a choice and empowered to string her along because he knows she's not going to leave. At this point, he's not even... Like worried, worried that it's going to happen. And he's mm-hmm. actually just kind of annoyed that she keeps saying it. Like, I don't like that. She yeah. keeps saying that shit. Like, yeah, I don't like how it makes me feel. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, and yeah, because he's like, she uses it as a weapon because she does like a normal person would be like, no, I have to leave. My visa is running out. I have to leave unless I have a visa, unless we are married. Like, it's not an option of what do I want to do or what do I have to do? I have to leave. Right. And so it's not really a threat. I mean, if I was, if it was in that situation, I wouldn't be using it as a threat, but she just uses it as words. Like, yes. So I think the advice that I've given some of my friends that have been not in the same situation, but similar ish situations where they reached a breaking point in their relationship and they have very specific demands in their relationship for it to keep on continuing. Right. right? Um, Is what I have told them is. Like you, if you are going to give an ultimatum, and I'm not saying you have to give an ultimatum, that is not the moral of this story, right? But if you plan on giving them an ultimatum, like Jenny keeps on doing time and time again, you have to be willing to follow through and walk away. Yes. And if you're not willing to follow through and walk away, just simply don't give them an ultimatum. Because obviously it doesn't make a difference. And like... You know, her friend is saying it's like she keeps on crying wolf and it her words and her integrity completely lose meaning and effectiveness every single time you say you're going to do something and you don't follow through, especially if they kind of see it as an empty threat. And he's definitely seeing it as an empty threat. Like you keep on threatening to leave, but then you never leave. Right. And it's because you're trying to motivate me to do this thing that I don't really want to do. And so if I don't really want to do it, why would I do it if there's no real well, consequences? <laughs> and that's the part that gets me is I don't know if he wants us to believe it or if he's fooling himself. But the idea is like mm-hmm. it's I only don't want to do it because you're forcing me to do it. If you stop oh, no. forcing That's me to do bullshit. it, I would want to do it and it would happen. That's which is total bullshit. Nope. Absolutely not. It is. It is. Um I do think there needs to be a level of okay, maybe I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but I know that this other person wants this thing. Right. Right. And so I care enough about them and our future that I am going to, you know, give them what they want. The problem and like the thing is, is I believe that Jenny was patient at the beginning. Sure. But I think where it, you know, you're, it goes wrong is that he then decides to do nothing. And I feel bad for Jenny because I feel like not exactly this situation, but this is a pretty common relationship scenario totally especially with younger people Mm -hmm. where it's like the person who wants to get married feels like they have to push the other partner because if they don't push their partner their partner will choose to do nothing and their relationship isn't going anywhere right and then the partner turns around like well, I don't I don't even care about marriage or all these other bullshit excuses that's just like Oh my gosh, just stop it. Like, you know, you can't say that, oh, if you just left me, I would have come to this conclusion on my own. It's like, no, because you were literally doing nothing. That's why we're here. That's why people are frustrated. And that's why you're getting pushed. Yes. I mean, it's time. It, it's, oh, it's, it, it submits time. It's time to shit or get off the pot, right? It, it yes. definitely is. But he's like, why? The pot's still here. I've been sitting on the pot yeah. for years. Seems pretty comfortable. I'm good, right? <sighs> And yeah. he won't admit that. And then, then yes. Yeah, so you're, you're like, well, then I'm taking the pot away. And he's like, well, now you're forcing my hand. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. If you would have just let me go, I would have shit by now. And it's like, no, because you weren't even trying to. Yeah, not really. We, we've been patient, you know. Yes. And like, how long have they been together? Seven years? Nine years. Nine years? Yes. It's like, okay, she's given you time. I think she only started pressuring you. Well, one, uh, she was pressuring you when you were actually married, but she didn't know that. So that's a completely other situation, right? Fair. So it's like, you know, she has been so patient with you. Where's that friend again? Uh, You know who's had it worse? Jenny. Yes. Right? Yes, that friend. I mean, it, it, it... Everything he says is just he, – he keeps looking for excuses and you're yeah. pushing too hard is, the, is, the, is the, la- the last excuse he's landed on because his parents aren't in the way. His other marriage isn't in the way. And so uh, you want it too much. 
is basically where he's at, which doesn't make any sense. Because he's also right. What do they fight about more than anything else? Oh, yeah. Is this. Yeah. So she's like, if yeah. we did this, the one thing we fight about all the time would be gone. Like, what would we even fight about? Right. Like, it sounds like it would be pretty awesome. But he yeah. obviously doesn't want it. Like, and she's right. She recognizes that. Everybody recognizes that. If if it's at this point and everything frees up and he's like, ah, then he doesn't want to do it. And you have to let it go. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think he doesn't want to do it on his own accord. But if it's, you know, between her and him. You have to let it go one way or the other. You either have to let him go. Yes. Or let go of the fact that he's ever going to want to get married and just live the way right. you live now. Yes. Exactly. All right. So uh, we heard from everyone this That's week. That's right. We did. And as far as I know, we have an episode next we week, do. too. Yes, yes. Right? We're not okay. skipping Thanksgiving weekend for this show. So there is an episode on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, Love After Lockup, we have a break. But not 90 Day. They keep going. Nope. Rain or shine. We're going to get – we look like we had Stephen gathering the cats for the wedding and Kenny and Armando's wedding, which will be much nicer than their wedding for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, who was your student of the week this week? Uh, my student of the week was, and you can always go with it, but Kenny. Like, I, I liked yeah. specifically the, the thing where Armando was worried about his dad seeing them kiss and seeing them dance. And he had a really gentle, kind way of saying, you need to get over yourself, man. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and I always liked the way they interact and the way he was firm but kind with what he was like. Yeah, we're done talking about that which is going to be what it is and you have to stop right um okay so my student of the week i said it was binyam uh i just feel like he's really trying and trying to the point where america was not his plan uh but i don't know and then it's hard to tell that if he just kind of goes along with things because he says you know it's just easier to not fight mm-hmm. um and if he really goes along with it or if he just says that just so that they're not fighting now. But he's going along they with it. They also didn't say this. Go, getting a K-1 visa and coming to America is better for him at least to have the visa because then he can see his other kid too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, so I'm I not mean, surprised if, he, if that is legit, legitimately for him. Like that sounds like a pretty good option. Like, Yeah. Well, it also depends on how far away his – uh, son well, is it, it's, it would be certainly more be. often you could see him if you still live in Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah, but still, it could be difficult, like travel wise. It's not like you have the money to be flying everywhere. Well, Ari's parents do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But I don't think they're going to be flying you to see your old yeah, ex wife, right? Maybe not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, what about your dunce? Uh, Jenny. Like, uh-huh, just, that's funny because I went submit uh, just empty threats. Like, it, it's like, yes, no, I agree with empty you. threats. Yeah, you absolutely. admit you're making the empty threats. Like y- you said you wanted something. You said this is how it was going to be and you don't follow through on it. Like th- that's never going to work for you. Right. OK, I said summit because you're going to go back to the lawyer and be like, oh, cancel, cancel the papers, cancel yeah. behind your partner's back. What kind of bullshit is that? Yeah, no, I gave it to him last week for <laughs> so yeah. repeat him. So I thought Jenny was pretty bad, too. Like they kind of. Yeah. In a weird way, deserve each other because they just like are playing into each other's like games. Like. Sure. All right. What about your life? Lesson? Right, my life lesson is kind of a one off. It just was something that bothered me. When they were talking, specifically Ari and Binium, and she kept saying, go to the consulate in Addis. There's not a consulate in Addis. There's an embassy in Addis. If it's in the oh. capital, it's an embassy. If it's in another major city, it's a consulate. And so, Oh, Mr. O, <laughs> you and your trivia. I wouldn't have known. In fact, I think I referred to it as the consulate. I, I, I know you did, but I gave it to you because she, the, the lawyer kept saying consulate. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, oh, that's also okay. that's also because I live in the D.C. area. Good trivia. I also live in the D.C. area. There's, like, there's no co- there's embassy row and in consulate row. That's embassy row. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, so my life lesson is for Corey. It should really be a sign, pandemic or not, that if you can't find a single person to sit on your side <laughs> at your wedding. Yeah, that's true. Is this the kind of relationship you want where you're completely isolated with just you and your partner and you have absolutely no outside support, but they happen to? Yeah, that is true. Like, that should tell you they something. They kind of papered over it. His brother was kind of being nice. Like, his family hates yeah. her. 
Like, they really do. Yeah. They don't like mm-hmm. her at all. Mm-hmm. Like, they just feel like she completely disrespected them and took him away and, like, yeah. But, it, yeah, that is a good sign. If you can't get literally anybody to sit there with you mm-hmm. on your day, that's that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, I guess wedding's happening next Looks week. Looks like it. Yeah. All right. Until then, then. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. See everybody then. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.